Hey, what's going on? Brian Jones here, Marketing Mobster. And uh, today's episode, I interviewed Steven Larson, who is somebody I look up to a tremendous amount. And uh, my brother and I interviewed him on the Jones Zone podcast, which is the other show that I host. But the content and the the content that he brings up and that we discuss is very fitting for Marketing Mobster. So I ripped it from the Jones Zone, and I'm kind of plugging playing it here into Marketing Mobsters. But either way, check out this episode. Uh, he he just he he's something else, man. So check it out. Thanks for listening. And also, if you like this episode, please like and subscribe on your favorite platform. Appreciate it so much. This is the Marketing Mobster Show. I'm your host, Brian Jones. As a podcast host, I've interviewed some of the brightest minds in marketing and self-development. Now, I'm on a mission to inspire other men who dream to be the best versions of themselves. Follow me on my journey as I learn, apply, and share real marketing and life hacks from some of the most gangster marketers and influencers I know. Hacks that will make you feel better and make more money in your business as a result. Yes, I'm Brian Jones, and this is the Marketing Mobster Show. All right, today's guest, Steve Larson, host of Sales Funnel Radio, probably my, my favorite podcast at the moment. Uh, he drops so much value and so much knowledge. Uh, you know, I was actually fortunate enough to meet him in person back in May in Boise, and it was um, a network marketing event. It was kind of like uh, he was teaching us everything he knows about marketing for network marketing, and uh, it was an awesome event. So, uh, Steve Larson, I know you're busy. Thank you so much for coming on. And, uh, Happy to be here. Yeah, so for those who don't know Steve Larson, he was, he was the lead funnel builder for ClickFunnels for, what, two years or so? Yeah, about almost two years. Yeah, it's almost two years. Can you walk us through like, how you got to that moment? Because your, your story is a lot like a lot of struggling entrepreneurs, but you finally made it. So tell us a little bit about your story. Uh, honestly, uh, I mean, it was a long road. I went through... It was, has to be at least 12 to 13 just straight utter business failures or a few break-evens, uh, a three or four-year period. And then I started learning about this thing called Funnels and went to an event that Russell was throwing called Funnel Hacking Live and uh, was fluid enough inside their software already. They, they, they offered me a job. So, And uh, I thought I was like, I, th- I mean, honestly, I was going for a support role with ClickFunnels. I had no idea that they were asking me to do what what they were <laughs> yeah so uh, I know your story basically like inside and out because I've been following you for like a year but what what s- sticks out to me is how you bootstrapped your way to it like you went you took the you took that leap of faith and went but you made the most out of it so what fears were you having I know like a lot of times when people are like they live in that fear of taking action you actually um you faced your fear and took action and it changed your life. So that was, that was really cool. Um, what do you think is the most important aspect of actually taking that action and going? I think people um, need to be able to identify what they're trying to solve. I think the thing that screws people a lot up is they just don't like they're, they're running and they are moving and there's the semblance of motion, but they feel like their wheels are spinning because they have no idea what problem they're trying to solve. 
Right. And they have no idea if it's like, if, okay, do I need to work on myself at this moment? Um, uh, am I going to build a business? What is the specific thing that I'm going to build this business around? Um, uh, and it, it like anchors the individual. Because literally every single time I've ever launched a funnel, a business, a product, anything, ever, for, for myself, for Russell or his clients, for ClickFunnels, like any time ever, um, there is always, always um, a just as good, if not better, temptation, shiny object that pops up the moment I take the first step. And so people will, they start, I think they start, um, they start equating the number of opportunities that they have with how important and how valuable they are. And so they'll take all these opportunities. Yes, I'll take that, 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 that. <laughs> and they go all over the place. And because of that, they don't get any traction. And uh, they're like, how come nothing's working? It's like, because you've worked one plan on the first step. That's it for 13 different businesses. I mean, there's, there's no way you can actually get uh, any kind of traction like that. And so uh, I, think, I think that's one of the biggest takeaways. Um, it's, like, it's like I heard Robert Kiyosaki say once, uh, someone walked up to me once and said, hey, do you want this financial thing? And he was in real estate. And he goes, no, it's not my plan. And he goes, no, it's like guaranteed, man. Like, uh, we're giving you like uh, some cool um, um, options and plans with uh, financial things that no one else is getting. He's like, that's cool. It's just not my plan. He's like, are you serious? Like, we're going to give you a percentage of the company as you do this. That's awesome. That is not my plan. You know, and he, I, I first learned that from him and uh, I've constantly had to repractice that. And every entrepreneur I knew, uh, know has, has, uh, has had to do that because um, it, it, pretty soon, once you get good at saying no to everything on the outside, you have to start saying no to all your your other ideas as well. I'm like, okay, good idea, not now. All right, good idea, not now. And and, and tabling them, shelving them. And I think um, uh, focusing on the one question of how can I get as far as I can in the next 24 hours, you know, is the thing that will propel everybody. And you run as hard as you can. Everyone's got the same amount of time. And so for 24 hours, like what I do today determines where I'm going to be the next and the next and the next and the next. And so because of that, I sprint, you know, and uh, it's a ton of fun. Um, and there was a, there's a flight I was on. Um, I was flying to some, I don't know where I was going, but I was speaking somewhere. And um, I had on the way back, and I remember writing this down in my notebook and trying to answer this question in as many creative ways as I could. I was trying to answer the question, how can I increase my speed? Because like, if I know that people are doing it in that industry, that industry, that industry, and I'm not, I'm the variable, like I'm the issue. And, and most of the time, like money loves speed. So how can I have speed with this game? Which usually means they need to divorce perfection. And uh, usually it means get some help. And that's where people have a hard time letting go. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, taking imperfect action, focusing yeah. on, I like what you said on the One Funnel Away Challenge, focusing on the who, not the how. And that's a lot of, that's a that's a problem that I struggled with for so long is trying to you know as a as launching businesses and everything try to okay I need to do Facebook ads now I need to learn how to do this now I need to do SEO I need to learn how to you know create a, an ebook so it's like focusing on the who not the how um, but you get a lot of things done do you have like a, a morning routine ish uh, and there are times when I'm really good at it and times where I'm just it doesn't, you know, it doesn't even exist um, so I had an event a little bit ago and like when event time is coming up or things like the whole morning routine goes out the window. <laughs> it just, mm. I just uh, often, even though I, I work from home, my home office here, um, a lot of times I will sleep on the office floor, roll over and keep going. <laughs> it's totally obsessive, but whatever it works. Um, so as far as a morning routine though, like, uh, and to keep myself like in check, 
I do have a few mechanisms that I've learned to like put myself in state quickly. Um, music is one of them. Um, certain kinds of music. Uh, in fact, there was a little experiment I did with myself, uh, it was probably like five, six years ago, where I had the specific playlist I would only listen to during certain activities or whatever. And for this particular one, it was uh, exercise. So I would never listen to these songs unless I was exercising. I did that for like a year. And it turned into like the whole, you know, dog salivating with their bell thing. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. like a year in, I went and I turned, I started listening to while I was sitting in a class or a library. And I noticed suddenly I like started sweating and I started breathing hard. I was like, what is going on? <laughs> so I totally believe in state control. Like yeah. half the way uh, to get a lot of this stuff done. Like people are like, man, you guys work so hard. Like, well, yeah, but uh, you start to, like, it doesn't feel like work. And a lot of it is because of the way that I, we, we do a lot of the state control stuff. Um, so I will listen to a lot of music. Um, I, uh, I love exercising in the morning, especially in the morning. My, my head, I have found, is more fresh from about 7 a.m. to 1 p.m. So I do all my hardest tasks during that time of the day. I do all the little micro tasks that are still important, you know, and those are ones I do in the afternoon. Yeah. That's, that's typically how I run it. <laughs> so you're talking about music. There is a band, Perpetual Groove, put on a song called Teakwood Bets. Boom, it's, gonna, it's, it's awesome. It's amazing. Yeah, you know yeah. that's a trigger. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really it is. Uh, I like what you're saying about state control. Um, that's something that we, me and Chris have struggled with a lot is like, I know that I, I go into a work or if I'm doing a task and like my energy is low and I'm putting that energy out, that's what's going to come back to me. So it's like taking that action and get into what, what my coach calls inspired action. Yeah. You're inspired and you, and you want to take action. When you, that's the energy you put out, that energy is going to come back to you. I love it. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Um, hey man, let me catch my breath. You guys jumped into it so fast for me <laughs> and, and the audience, man. Let's, 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 let's pause. Let's get excited, man. I don't Tell know. us who you are. You're, so you're still, like, uh, give us a little bit of your backstory, some of your professional background. I know you mentioned you started a bunch of different businesses, but let's get into a little bit of, of who you are and what you actually do and, and stuff. Yeah, I build sales funnels. Um, uh, sales funnels is a simple way to sell things. Online or offline, everyone thinks it's online. It's very much both. Um, everyone, if you've ever sold anything ever, you have a sales funnel. But most people's sales funnels suck because they don't build it with intent. And so what I am known as is, uh, is a funnel builder. So depending on the industry, the product, price point, stuff like that, this is the funnel that would best serve or build or deliver or sell your thing. So whether or not you're selling online or on a stage or over the phone, high ticket sales or whatever, there's, there's proven ways, kind of like, you know, a tire on a car, you're not going to reinvent the, the, the concept of it, but there's a certain one that works best for the scenario you're in. So that's, that's what I do. And that's what, um, that's what I'm known for. Um, I worked for a company called ClickFunnels for about two years and uh, you probably all mostly have, have heard of it. <laughs> Um, they're kind of taking a marketplace by storm. Yeah. And um, I, my wife and I got married. We had nothing, you know, and uh, um, I didn't know anybody in this world. I didn't even know this world existed. Uh, I just knew that I needed to make money. Um, one day I came home and found out that uh, she had only been eating one meal a day. And that wrecks you. That wrecks you as a human being, but especially as a man, especially as a husband, to find out. And we don't even marry a little, a little bit. And um, it destroyed all my semblance of self-esteem like I there was a lot of self-work I had to go through to get out of that because like I, anyway it was it was rough um so I started 
looking for ways to get money. Found out I could get student loans, which is really easy in America. <laughs> and uh, uh, I asked my dad to float us some cash until it showed up, and he, he told me no. And he said, no, if I give you this money, you're not going to exhaust resources you didn't know you had. And it was extremely wise for him to say that to me. And so uh, I'm the oldest of six kids. And uh, later since then, I've, you know, I've, I've talked to him about it. And he's like, yeah, I just knew that I needed to deal with you in that manner. I was like, all right, cool. <laughs> he's like, you're that kind of son. You were that kind of kid. Yeah, very wise, yeah. Uh, and, but what's cool is it started a fire in me with no bailout. The money's not going to come up for student loans for a while. The current jobs we were getting were $3 an hour. If I worked even three jobs full time, we would not have enough money to live. Um, back was truly against the wall. And in those moments, we find ourselves. And so I did. And every time somebody's like, well, I don't have enough money. I don't have enough time. I don't have enough whatever. Like I hear them. I also don't believe them. And a little bit of the tough love comes out in that. And I'm kind of known for that as well. I yell a lot in my podcasts and my, <laughs> my courses, which you guys probably know. <laughs> But it's because I want people to like, like wake up inside themselves and realize like your body and your mind are, are capable of way more <laughs> than you are using it for. And so when we voluntarily place ourselves in the corners of our lives and put our backs against the wall and put ourselves in scenarios, like I asked my, my sister once, she wanted to come to an event and she didn't, she didn't have enough money for it. And she goes, well, Stephen, I'm at this, I'm at this point right now. I could either pay for the ticket or I could buy food for the next month. She said, what, she said, what should I do? And I said, I know this is gonna sound extreme and I'm not gonna make a decision for you, but I'm gonna ask you one question. If you were to spend your money on the next months of groceries, will you find a way to make it to that event you know will help you? She's like, probably not. I said, okay, let's say you go buy a ticket to that event. Are you gonna find a way to not starve? Mm. She said, yeah. I said, that's extreme but how bad do you want it? <laughs> and she did it. It worked. And it's great. She's got this awesome, very successful business now. And, um, uh, but it's that mentality. I feel like people just get really soft now, you know? So I started running after my dad told me that. And I tried all these businesses, tons of them. And I ended up learn, running into this, this thing called funnels. Um, at the time I was a traffic driver for Paul Mitchell, um, in college. And the teachers had no idea what I was doing. Me and this other kid, um, but they knew we were being successful with it. So Paul Mitchell came to the school and said, who do you know? And they're like, these two kids, we don't know, but talk to them. And so they handed us off to him and I could get all these eyeballs to the Paul Mitchell pages. We were sending so much traffic it was ridiculous, but none of it was converting and to, to show you how green I was in this game. I had no idea that I needed to study this thing called conversion. <laughs> like I was just getting eyeballs to pages. <laughs> I was so green. <laughs> I, I was the, anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm literally the, the, the most unlikely success story ever. And that's the other reason I get really passionate about the game. So what happened was I started learning about funnels, saw that Russell had a, uh, an event coming up, this guy named Russell Brunson, and uh, I couldn't afford it. I was in the army. We were living on loans. Um, I was in college. We were, I was, you know, married, had a kid. Life was busy, but I was still trying to find ways to squeeze out an extra three hours a day to just build a business. So I knew ultimately that would be the parachute that saved us not getting a job you know not, like that, getting a job freaked me out and i don't have the personality for that anyway um and so anyway i went and uh, uh started bootstrapping my way to his event couldn't afford it i was like what can i do you know what <laughs> asset do i own or whatever 
And I didn't know how to really build funnels at the time, but I was like, what if I started building funnels for plane tickets <gasps> or funnels for hotel nights or funnels for event tickets? And that's exactly what happened. And, and, and it worked. And I, I, I would go and I'd tell these guys, I knew it was possible because other people were building funnels. Like I, I knew they existed, but I didn't know how to do them. But I saw click funnels and the power of it and knew I didn't need to be a coder. So I would go promise these things that I knew were possible there's like a, there's like a pro to this. And there's also a really like a huge danger. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, Hey, yeah. Hey, here's, here's the super cool funnel. You want me to build it? They'd be like, yeah, I don't even know what that is. I'm like, yeah, I barely know how to explain it either, but I'm going to do it. And if it works, why don't we talk about me getting paid or a ticket to that event? They'd be like, oh, all right. And I would go and it'd send two to three support tickets in the click funnels every day for at least a year. That's how they knew I was when I showed up yeah. I became that guy. And I would mm -hmm. ask him questions like, how do I change background color? I mean, I was so mm -hmm. green, yeah. so green in, in the game. And uh, um, when I showed up, bootstrapped my way there, you know, um, it, it, I told myself, I will do whatever this man tells me to do, but I will never publish. I will never this. I will never that. I'll never that. Like, and I was unwilling to put my back against the wall again. So that's where most people. Yeah. That's, that's the quick and dirty backstory. <laughs> Speaking of uh, publishing, your, your podcast, uh, Sales Funnel Radio, no. how, has that, how has that helped or changed your, your business? Um, honestly, now I look at it as the business, mm. if it, like I'm a funnel builder, but if I don't publish, no one has a clue that I exist. And it's the same for every business that's out there. Uh, it was like, I heard a stat like 20 years ago, average person saw like 500 ads and advertisements a day and brands. Um, now it's like 5,000 and the attention span has gone from 20 minutes to like six seconds or something like that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, if you're not talking, no one knows you're there. So it's the whole Gary Vaynerchuk, become the media personality, become the media 100%. company. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Yep. I am first a media company and then Stephen Larson. Yeah. What's the most important thing in a, in a, in a successful sales funnel? Would you say it's the copy? Would you say it's the, uh, just the, the process of dragging them through or is that all kind of interrelated? Um, what I found, so, uh, I, when I was at ClickFunnels, I was listening to Russell talk and pitch and speak and coach to all of his inner circle members. And I was sitting literally, you know, that far away from him. We sat back to back and I have two monitors there that reflected my image back into his face. I always felt like he was looking at me, which made me really nervous. For like the <laughs> <laughs> so I always made sure something was off the screen so he couldn't see me. But he, I was sitting there and, and I remember after like three or four months, I turned around right after he got off a call with one of his inner circle members. And I was like, dude, you realize you're like saying the same thing to every person. And he goes, I know. Isn't that crazy? I was like, yeah, it is crazy. And, and I was like, you know, and we came up with the idea to have a course that people could go through before they get to Russell so that he could take them from here to here instead of, you know, here to here, like huge, huge um, difference there for him. Mental bandwidth wise too. It's much harder. And uh, anyway, I, uh, as, I, as, I, as we started building the program, I went through 12 years of his content. And I went through, it was, ooh, it was a lot, it took me six months. And I started indexing it. In order to do this, you really should know that. In order to know that, you're, there's really these three things. And I started putting it in an order. And we created this program that was the program that put me uh, in the Two Comic Club, which is the, is the Two Comic Club coaching program. And it made a million in three weeks. It was super fast. It was like, um, but I was the only coach to 675 students. And, um, and so I had a really cool chance to see people who were just starting out or already, you know, in existence and the patterns in what they struggled with. 
so it's cool he asked that question because like I, I i love that question it's the like and then i and then i became the one funnel away coach and that was 7500 people and i was the only coach and then we did two comic up x again and it was another 600 and i have my own programs with thousands in it and it, it's been fun for me that's really where where i i love it's it's podcasting and coaching those are really my business um and the biggest things that i see people struggle with hands down easily is they have no idea how to sell they have no they think the sales funnel is the sales machine and it's not it's just a delivery mechanism it's just it's the thing that puts it out in front of the person's eyeballs um, and into their ears um, the biggest thing that people struggle with is they don't understand at all that what sells things is the sales message but they fixate on the product it, which is, it's really interesting. I did the same thing too. I'm not throwing rocks at anybody, but like, they're like, oh, my product has to be incredible. It has to be amazing. It, it, right. And they believe it, a lot of the network marketers are very much that way. It's like, let me take my product and go hand it off to people. Be like, you know, what are they, what's, what's the pitch? Well, this product's so good. It sells themselves. Like you basically just have to get it in people's hands and it's garbage. Yeah. That's garbage for every industry. Like there's very few products in existence that have ever been that way. Steve Jobs with the iPad or sorry, or the iPod, the first time walking out thousand songs in your pocket like that product could have sold itself probably but he still had a very short but amazing sales message thousand songs in your pocket what like very few products have ever sold themselves that's not what makes a sale but people are so like what should i sell what should i sell what should i sell and it's a question that haunts them and like if they give into it they will never sell anything instead it's actually the exact opposite what i do is i focus on helping people create a sales message that's what makes the dollars come and when you do that, then you can go in and build the product to fulfill on the message and the promise that your, your sales script made. And that, that approach to it, a lot of success stories came from that. A lot of T-Comical winners have come from that. Because otherwise, it's like, you just spin your wheels. Well, my yeah. product must not be good enough. No, you suck at selling. <laughs> you yeah. know. And, and uh, like, well, I don't know ClickFunnels enough. It has almost nothing to do with that. We ran the first top 100, um, is the top 100 funnels in ClickFunnels. And we looked through the top 100 of them and we started looking through them. I'm not joking. Like 95 of the 100, and these are all like multi-million dollar funnels, 95 of the hundred, but ugly, like <laughs> putrid, disgusting looking funnels. It has nothing to do with the way that it looks like your ability in the click funnels editor, but your product needs to be amazing, but it's so powerful. You could sell a crappy product and make a ton of money. If you just know how to sell stuff and make a sales message, which don't do that obviously, but you, that's, that's, that's the power of it when you learn it. Yeah, and, you know, you kind of said earlier, it's like the sales message, before you even have a product, you, you can start selling the sales message or come up with the perfect sales message. Then you create the product to fulfill it. Because I know you had talked a lot about in the past, creating a product, spending all these weeks and months creating a product to have nobody buy it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sucks. And then like, who can use a, a funnel? Like, when you say product, are you talking about widgets? I mean, can these be books? Can these be services that people provide? Like any product, you yeah. can use a funnel. Pretty much everyone, right? Oh yeah, yeah, totally one. Anyone. I uh, um, we built a. But it's really fun. We did several. We did a project with um, Robert Kiyosaki. You know, with Tony Robbins stuff. I had a, the opportunity to build um, five. Um, it, it was <laughs> it was a ton of fun. You, did you ever see the TV show CNB, on CNBC called The Profit with Marcus? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you see the Flex Watches one? Yeah, uh, it, yeah, I think so. 
yeah, yeah. It's, it's watch company, or there was another one for dog food, or uh, another one for shoes called uh, Ika's or something. I can't remember what it is now. But I, there's another one for toilet paper for Good Sam. Yeah. Um, we built a toilet paper funnel. We built, <laughs> we built tons of them. We built one for tape once. Three x the revenue in three days. It was ridiculous. For um, tape, like packing tape or scotch tape or something. Yeah, <laughs> like repair tape. Like it was. It's it so doesn't matter what you're selling. If you sold anything ever, you have a funnel. And people don't know that and they don't understand why they had the sale and what caused the sale. And if you just understand the like, I always know there's always like the same three levers I can go in and turn and they will make more money. And that's been the fun part about my role now with like a, as a coach at click funnels as these new people come in. And I thought, I thought I'm just gonna be open to be like, honest. I thought when I became a two comic coach, we all thought that I would be coaching people on marketing principles. It, it, no. Yeah. Right. hundred percent. Brian, like, I'm not like 80% of the time. I can't get people past their own head. We can't even get to the marketing stuff. And so like the, the shift in belief and, and understanding that has nothing to do with the product. Like it needs to be good. It has everything to do with the sales message, regardless of what you sell, whether you're collecting leads or the point of sales on the internet or on the, you know, on the stage or whatever, the sales print, because it's behavioral psychology. It's, that's what marketing is. The more you understand why people make decisions, the better marketer you'll be. Um, it has nothing to do with your, with your, you know, logo, your slogan, your, mm -hmm. I mean, I don't even have one of those forever. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. It's, it's uh, like, I got this from you, but it's all storytelling. You know, uh, you, you yeah. told the story about the American flag and we actually have a very similar story with that. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Man. I got it right back over there. That's yeah. cool. It's like how much is a retail American flag? you know, like 10 bucks or something, but the story behind it, you know, it's like, you know, when I went to Iraq, I had this flag flown over, you know, uh, over Iraq on an official mission. I got the certificate and that raises the value of the flag. Yeah, it's so cool. But, uh, <laughs> what's yeah, the best, people, uh, oh, go, I'm sorry. I'll say, no, yeah, yeah. People, people think price and value are the same thing and they are not. Yeah. It's like price is set by the seller, but value is set by the buyer. And your perception of price is not their perception of value. So when like there's a handyman that came in uh, a little while ago and he was like, hey, uh, I'm sorry, man. This electrical work's going to, it's going to be like, oh, I'm so sorry. Like I thought it was going to be like this much. <sighs> Dude, I can't do it cheaper than like 300 bucks. And I was like, it's totally fine. Like I'm not the value of me not shocking myself. I'm not going to go learn that. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. His perception you know, it, it was, he thought it was the same thing and that, and that with our products. And so, so when someone's like, <laughs> there was some, I'm not going to name any names, but there was a friend who was talking to another friend who said, yeah, oh, it's so cool. I had a $6,000 day today. And uh, friend two said, oh my gosh, what are you doing? Like, um, are you in something kind of crazy? Is this something, is that, uh, do we need to talk? You know, they got really nervous and concerned. For friend number one yeah. and uh friend number two has no idea about this whole relationship between price and value just because it's not worth that much to that person someone else that solution could change their whole business or life and those are the fun products i love to go sell i don't necessarily love selling tape or toilet paper yeah. <laughs> but uh but, but yeah that's a, that's a, that's a struggle that you know like most entrepreneurs have is like um it's not worth it they're not going to buy that and it's all it's all in your head that's what that's what i've learned as far as yeah coaches what's the best point of entry for a sales funnel is it like a website or uh, facebook ads like did, i mean did you run facebook ads on toilet paper and tape like how did uh -huh. all that work you did yeah 
Yeah. Yeah, eyeballs on it. <laughs> that was awesome, man. That that thing was crazy. We were we were comparing what you're looking for. Well, I don't want to go like too deep into it or whatever, but like we we um um it was crazy because we started comparing numbers between the funnel that was selling the tape, the Amazon store that was selling the tape, uh, Etsy, uh, all these Shopify. And after like a year, it's kind of cool. I was able to get a sneak peek of the data and I was looking at it. What's the potential average cart value of a nine ninety five thing on Amazon? Like how much, how, what's, what's the potential that someone could actually spend on Amazon for a nine ninety five thing? Nine ninety five, roughly ten bucks, right? It can't go above ten dollars, you know. It, it can't, and because of that, how much can you spend to acquire a customer? Ten bucks. The reason funnel, and it, it was cool because we were seeing that across. In fact, I think the tape thing was like twenty five bucks. It was a specialized thing, but it was. Um, uh, and so on Amazon, uh, Shopify, maybe they weren't on Etsy, but um, it was cool because we could see over like a year, the 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 actual um, data showed that uh, uh, the, the cart value across all of it was no more than the product price itself. But with ClickFunnels, because there's some upsells and downsells, stuff like that, the potential average cart value, I mean, if they bought everything inside the funnel, they would spend like $700. And so because of that, the average person coming on through, we weren't, we weren't making 10 bucks. We were making an average of like $17. So that extra $7 is what we go dumping back in ads. Now you're speaking faster, harder, louder than every other anyone else in your competition profitably. And that is ridiculous when you start pulling that off. Um, that's the value of, of funnels and you actually do it with intent. <laughs> All right. Well, Steve, thanks so much for, uh, I know you got to run. Thanks so much for joining us. How can people uh, get in touch with you or, or follow you? Um, so I built a program that um, I put it out there because I, I, I want to help people understand that their, their product is not the thing that does the selling. Um, so I built a program. It's free. It's completely free. Um, it's called Affiliate Outrage. Um, AffiliateOutrage.com. Um, what it is, is I, I, I love affiliate marketing and, and the MLM space because I feel like it's a great place for training wheels for marketing. You don't have to get distracted about the creation of the product. You don't have to get distracted about, is it going to be this or that or whatever? Just because somebody else made the product doesn't mean you get to not think about the marketing. But that's the advantage of like affiliates or MLM, stuff like that. I don't have to worry about the fulfillment or all that stuff. Let me just go practice and flex my marketing muscles. And so that's why I built Affiliate Outrage. That was the reason right there, actually. Yeah. Um, so if they want, it's a free program. Drips out to them. Um, uh, or they can unlock it all. But uh, yeah, it's AffiliateOutrage.com and you can practice flexing. There you go. All right, Steven. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, have a good day, man. Appreciate you. Thanks so much, guys. All right, thanks. Bye.